Give me a freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Oh, yes, here we go. It is the Brock and Salk Show on Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, Seattle Sports app. And all of the very many podcast platforms that you can find out there, including Spotify and Apple and Google and others that I don't know about, but certainly those are in the mix. And uh, yes, Spotify. I, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, when I've been sending out links recently, I've been trying to uh, include Spotify in there. I don't include the Google podcast because I don't respect people with those Android phones. Sorry, I just don't. Like if you're turning my text threads green, I'm out. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't, there's no respect for you. None. I mean, I appreciate you listening to the show, but I'm not going to make it easier for you on your Google like phone. You sound like Stacy on the group that I was on with her and uh, all, all the ladies that we the, we had a big group here at one point. Yeah, like Lydia and Jessamine and Ashley and uh, yeah, I uh, I got one back then, probably like four years ago. You got now. a green green um, phone, but yeah, they were like, oh. it's terrible. Well, she didn't tell me till after though. She yeah. was like, oh, you were turning our. Text screen. She was, she was horrible. Behind, she was like, talking behind oh. your back, though. So I'm yeah, sure. there was another text thread going about say, how I was. The- I'm sure there was a four person text thread <laughs> that didn't include you that was just complaining about you. Yeah, we had that with my buddy Joel for a while, and then uh, I think we finally were able to force him to go iPhone. So anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah, those podcast platforms they come with uh, reviews. If you're interested in leaving a review for us on Apple Podcast, uh, the Brock and Salk page there, uh, we have desperately tried to equal the 4.7 rating that the Mike Salk show had and so far haven't been able to get there. We're close. We're at a 4.6, but we're trying to get pushed over the edge to a 4.7, you know, and some of them help and some of them don't. I can read you a few of the more recent ones like, uh, well, I don't know. There's a lot going on there, but it says three thumbs up, five star review. Three thumbs up. Brock randomly yelling is the highlight of my work week. See, that's good. Uh, CSU <laughs> Hawks. always like, let's go. <laughs> all of a sudden. We'll be getting a lot of that next week. At, at, Jerry DePoto's uh, trying to talk. Yeah. We'll get that next week in Peoria because Brock <laughs> likes making a spectacle of himself there. Uh, I got OSU Hawks fan. Five-star review. Says, do you even like the Beastie Boys? I love the show, always entertaining, but in spite of Salt claiming to like the Beastie Boys, two days in a row missing Hold It Now Hit It while ranking holds, and then he misses Sure Shot while ranking shots? Maybe more is right. Maybe ranked is a bit lacking in credibility. Nah, that's great. Just make sure you really think through your list of sabotages ranked when it inevitably comes up. Thank you, OSU Hawks fan. We appreciate that, and I'm glad you like what you get. Um, let's see, BG2020, kind of a different view. See, this is why sometimes we get the one-star reviews. It says, can we just get Brock? If you love a show of the same big hand jokes and four hours of the same contract talk, this is your show. All right, well, that's not very nice. And uh, Turbo Dog 3 says, uh, Salk's an idiot. One play did not Woo! ruin the oh, entire game. Sorry, were we not now. doing the Brock thing? No, not now. The refs made the call. Get over it. You're so negative and just a huge whiner. Go work in Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, here's one for you, Mora. Uh, this is a one-star review, but it says more Amora. The best show in town, easily. One-star review. The best <laughs> show in town, easily. Brock and Salk are back and better than ever. My only advice is to tune out every day at 945 just to make sure you don't accidentally listen to Ranked, the worst 10 minutes of radio possible. Unless you know ahead of time more is running it, then it's passable. 
I'm happy to change my rating whenever rank is trashed, burned, and shot into space. Well, I apologize to that person because I felt I felt bad about how much you missed Justin. So I've actually kind of been playing along yeah, with what's ranks up with a that? little bit yeah. recently. Well, but you've also done some normal ranks. So we're just all messed up. That'll go away once Justin gets back. And He's then back finally, tomorrow. I got one more uh, five-star review from Zookama Junk, who says, I can't stand it when Salk is right. What do you think he's talking about? Me either. What do you think he's talking about? He says, I just had pan-fried leftover pizza. Dang. See, people people <laughs> doubt me on throwing your pizza next day onto the pan, but that's what you do. Heat up a little, just a nonstick pan on your stove, get it nice and hot, throw the pizza on crust side down for a few minutes, get it nice and warmed up, and then flip it to get the cheese a little bit crispy. Thank me later. I am right on that one. Okay, just the pizza. I thought you were. Well, I thought I, you were launching into something else. Why so is there something? Good. Is there something else I was right about, Maura? What do you mean? No, I can't really think of it. You don't think there was anything any, any else anything that about? I was right about? Huh? No, nothing. I'm just trying to think out loud. Did anything come out yesterday that I might have been right about? Hmm. Yeah, I think it, it stemmed from that that play in Oakland. Where- oh. Oh, there was something that I was right about yesterday. Ty France came out and admitted that he got hurt. And when he came back, he wasn't the same because of his wrist. Ryan Divish. Oh, my God. Shannon Dreyer, who will join us at 8 o'clock. And I'm sure Scott? take her medicine. Oh, I'm getting said, a Scott oh, it's service. People outside the building who think Oh, that. I'll be getting to Scott as well. <laughs> Yes. I, guys, I don't like wrists. I don't like them. Uh, you know, I think I've heard you say that before. I've said it many times. In fact, I think, Maura, you were nice enough to pull some sound of times where I talked about this last year and took no end of grief from the baseball intelligentsia oh, in this town that didn't want to hear it. I know he said that he's just not hitting and he's chasing and he stinks right now or whatever, but I'm sorry. I don't believe that Ty France's wrist is healthy. I'm still still fine with accepting that he can go through a slump. He can go through a slump. The only other slump he's ever been through like this in his career was after he hurt his wrist. I get it. And then he just hurt his wrist and now he's in a slump. But you can believe in 12 coincidences at once if you want. I choose not to. Like, you know, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And this is textbook guy who can play but can't succeed because of his wrist injury. This is literally what I said when these guys hurt their wrists. Literally that this would happen. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to hear any garbage about how he's swinging at bad pitches. No kidding, because his wrist is hurt. He's a shell of himself, and I've been on this bandwagon since the guy came back, and everybody's telling me I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. This well, is not Ty France. Well. <laughs> or Brock say the end. Well, well, maybe I am. This is dramatic. I don't like wrists. <laughs> 
screamed that at me before. That is my redemption song right there. Shannon <laughs> and Ryan and Scott and Jerry and, and Ty himself, they tried. What's the word? They tried to gaslight me. <laughs> they tried to gaslight me. I know what I saw. I know what was happening. I'm, I'm, we're not blind. Come on. Yeah, I think it, it stemmed from that, that play in Oakland where the uh, noisy took my arm out. Um, you know, it, there was still some lingering to it. And then I started manipulating my swing to try and avoid, you know, any pain or anything like that. So just created bad habits and kind of got away from my swing. So I think that was the biggest thing. And then wasn't getting the results that I wanted. So it was chasing hits, swinging at bad pitches. So it was just an accumulation of things. Hmm. So it's like his wrist continued to bother him. And then he started chasing pitches and then it spiraled from there. Yeah, no kidding. That's what happens with wrists. Okay, well, not making this about you. Oh, sorry. Good news, right? Actually, yes. And I was going to lead need to know that <laughs> coming up in just a minute. While this is great news for, you know, the Mike Salk fan club, all three of you out there. Yes, this is good news for us. Please follow along. This will be uh, one of the more successful fan clubs in history, I'm sure, especially with my gloating today. Uh, but no, it's actually great, great news for the Mariners and every Mariner fan. Even if you're annoyed at me today for being right, you should be really happy I am. And I'll tell you why next. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. How good is Julio? Really, really good. At least according to MLB Network, they ranked him as the 16th best player in the game as they have been counting down their top 100. Good. 16, right? Certainly good. But not good enough for Chris Young, who was part of the show yesterday when it was revealed. He seemed to say Julio was shortchanged. I feel like Julio is well on his way to being one of the top five best players in the game. If we look at his season last year, what a year, by the way. But in April, I mean, he got the rookie treatment from the umpires. In April, I mean, you're talking about 10 punch outs in April to where there were pitches out of the zone. But he was able to keep his composure, which is what separates this young guy from the majority of gun guys. Normally, you get all up in arms about the bad calls. He stayed within himself, and he trusted his game, and he was able to go out there and have an absolutely amazing season. He sure did. They, they went off on how much they loved Julio's great couple minutes. And so, number 16 on the MLB rankings. Congratulations to Julio. More good news, and I'll come back and say it again. I don't like wrists. It's what I said over and over again last year, and it's it's what I said after Ty France was a shell of himself after returning from his wrist injury. No, he didn't want to use it as an excuse, nor did he want to give opposing pitchers, I'm sure, anything to use against him. But I think it was fairly obvious yesterday he confirmed what everybody should have already known. Yeah, I think it, it stemmed from that, that play in Oakland where the uh, noisy took my arm out. Um, you know, it, there's still some lingering to it. And then I started manipulating my swing to try and avoid you know, any pain or anything like that. So just created bad habits and kind of got away from my swing. So I think that was the biggest thing. And then wasn't getting the results that I wanted. So it was chasing hits, swinging at bad pitches. So it was just an accumulation of things. Absolutely. Look, wrists linger. Guys return, but they're not themselves for a while. And I think that's what happened with Ty last year. Here is the good news. It offers an explanation. If Ty wrists, if Ty wrist, if Ty France's wrist wasn't hurt last year, then the only explanation is that he was bad for like two months. Not like little slump bad, like 
oh my God, maybe Ty France isn't the player we thought he was bad. But if his wrist was hurt, which is what he says was the case, and I believe him because, you know, it makes perfect logical sense. Well, then it means that Ty France is still Ty France. And that certainly should raise the bar for what you expect from the Mariners offense over the course of this season. Hopefully now it is healthy. Hopefully he is truly past it. And now a healthy Ty France can be a huge, huge difference maker for the 2023 Mariners. Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, I don't know. Can we burn tape after I say this? I want to make sure this never gets hurt again. After you just had an I'm Right montage, I don't know. We have to be fair. I love G. Scott's idea. Burn it. Burn (laughs) the tape, please. The more I think about it, though, the more it makes sense. It's got it all. Here's what G. said yesterday regarding uh, what the Seahawks should do with Drew Locke and Geno Smith this offseason. I think the Seattle Seahawks say, hey, you know what? We got about $25 million a season for you. You want that deal? Cool. If not, you're going to have to go out there on the market and find somebody that's going to beat that. And then we're going to rack them and stack them. And we're going to take the gamble with this young guy, this 24-year-old Drew Locke. Hmm. Basically, what G was insinuating there and kind of teased it out was what they should do is sign Drew Locke to short money, a couple million dollars a year, and then tell Gino, hey, look, 25 mil, in or out, final offer. Sorry, we're happy going with this guy if you say no. And if you say yes, we'd certainly rather have you. I think it's a good plan. I, I think there's a lot of merit to it. You got to get Drew Locke done first, and then you got to have the courage of your conviction. Certainly, there's some risk associated with it. The only thing for me is I'd want to know sooner rather than later about what Gino was going to do. And the one flaw in this plan for me is that if he says, okay, I'm going to take that to free agency and see what the market says, well, now you can't get caught waiting on him because if he's gone, you want to spend that $25 million somewhere else. So I think it's an answer you've got to have maybe even before you get to free agency so that you're able to decide what you want to do in free agency. Because certainly $25 million difference is a is a huge, huge change, right? That's the difference of signing maybe two or three different players compared to not getting them. So, yeah, it's a good plan, but that's something that you would have to figure out along the way elsewhere in the nfl cap casualty season well underway and i know we'll see more in the days to come but titans got off to a frenzied start yesterday a whole bunch of guys cut and some big names wide receiver randy woods uh tackle taylor luan uh plus their kicker randy bullock and zach cunningham linebacker they cleared out 30 million dollars of cap space anybody on that list intrigue you yeah probably right i mean depending on the money I would think certainly Zach Cunningham. I mean, I'm familiar with the name, so maybe that means he's toast. But that's a conversation that I'm sure they'll be having at the VMAC. Here's the third thing you need to know. Want to know how good the Kraken really are? Well, find out tonight. Their best test comes against what appear to be the modern-day Big Bad Bruins. Boston's been the class of the league so far this year. Big-time scoring offense, very good defense as well, good goaltending. They kind of had it all. But the Kraken played a near-perfect game the last time they saw him. It was about a month ago. Quite frankly, they've not played nearly as well or at that level since. So uh, I would call this a big, big test. Win this one, and it puts even more pressure on GM Ron Francis to make a move at the deadline. Patrice Bergeron 
Boston uh, center and star, longtime veteran, uh, talked about what made the Kraken a pretty good team when they saw them. Yeah, it was their forecheck. You know, they're really uh, a hardworking team that was on the puck at all times and uh, had a good transition. They were uh, you know, playing hard, um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a team that uh, uh, we know what they're all about. They're a team that's, uh, you know, has, has good depth, but also uh, seems to be playing the right way, and, and those teams are not uh, easy to play against. Certainly some nice compliments from the veteran Patrice Bergeron. ESPN insider Emily Kaplan reporting that uh, one assistant GM told her that the Kraken could be the surprise team at the deadline. Here's the quote from her story. She says, I think they've been sniffing around on a lot of possibilities to add to their roster. They still have the big picture in mind to build the right way. But I think they see an opportunity this year and may go for it. That's kind of exciting. They should absolutely do something like that if they think it's worth it. There you go. That is... Everything you need to know when we do that quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salk show. We're getting requests after that uh, montage to play some sound of like how much you want a Baker Mayfield here last year or just some things, I guess, to like bring you back down hey, to reality. I, I get stuff wrong all the time <laughs> in the words of uh, Chad Dukes when he was talking about Ian Rappaport. I get stuff wrong all the time. Spend enough time like I do talking for four hours a day and you will get stuff wrong all day because I try to give you guys an opinion on everything. There are hosts in this city who don't and I'm not calling them out and I'm not saying it's wrong. There are hosts in this city that don't give you an opinion on everything. They really want to be right all the time or they are afraid of being wrong. And so they won't give you much of an opinion or they just sort of like casually chatting about the things that have happened in town. That's okay. I have no issues with that. That's one style of doing a radio show. And by the way, very popular. So legitimately, I'm not taking a shot at anybody who does radio a different way from me. I'm not good at that. I wouldn't be, I would not be good at that. You can debate whether I'm good at this, but I wouldn't be good at that. That I know. I'd be terrible at that. So I try to give you guys an opinion on everything. Whatever comes out, I try to give you an opinion on it. We build need to know so that I can give you some of the information of the day and Brock and I can give you our opinions on it. That's what we like to do. And sometimes we argue about it and sometimes we agree or sometimes we make a joke out of it. But the goal of this show since it started in 2009 has always been to give you opinions on what's going on in Seattle sports and to spark conversation. So I have gotten plenty wrong. I once said Thomas Rawls was going to be better than Ezekiel Elliott. Dude, I've said some really dumb stuff over the years. Okay? Trust me. But I try not, when I'm right, I generally, generally don't try to gloat about it. Unless you personally attacked. I'm personally attacked. <laughs> Unless my credibility <laughs> is called into question, like it was with this, like it was with the end for Lorenzo Romar, like it was with the arena going into to what was then called key. Those three things. I felt personally attacked. And like a caged animal backed into a corner. I will cr- scratch and claw my way out of it. And yell about how you don't like wrists. I don't. I don't like anything about them. And Ty France proved it once again. Uh, I don't really care much for darkness either. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers is out. He has removed himself from the quacky quackness of wherever he was. And as it turns out, he and Mora are on exactly the same wavelength. <laughs> Tell you why next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. 
Hopefully the 425 gets it. Salk, you totally deserve a victory lap on this one. Even Scott's service was throwing shade in your general direction while on other shows. <laughs> oh, I know. He'll be hearing from me next week. <laughs> Referring to the risk discussion. You were right. You took shade. Sorry, not sorry. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that, 425. Again, I said the Mike Salk fan club, we are small, but we are mighty. It's a, it's a small group of like three people out there. Justin is the president. Yeah, two of them are related to me. The other is Justin. But that, you know, <laughs> hey, look, again, you know, <laughs> armies are for, have been started with less. So, uh, yeah. All right. Good stuff. I'm not going to spend the day talking about it, at least not until we talk to Shannon at 8 o'clock and, uh, well, well, yeah, certainly there'll be some words exchanged at that point. I did text Divish yesterday as well. I pick Shannon to win that battle. You think so? Yeah, that's yeah, probably a smart move. Can I bet on Shannon also? <laughs> is that something? Is that uh, is that fair for me to bet on her as well? All right, Mora. As it turns out, you are simpatico with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, who who would have guessed that you and Aaron Rodgers were as similar as you are? So when we found out that Aaron was going to go spend some time at a darkness retreat, probably some leftover blue of earth stuff still, you know, swimming around in his head. You did a little research on where he could go in order to find us some sound. And that brought you to the sky caves, darkness retreat. And let me just play. I've got some testimonials from people here at the Sky Caves Darkness Retreat in Oregon. Here's Amy. It's like you're in the darkness, but you're also a part of the darkness. And it's like (laughs) infinite. It's like so expansive. It's like everything. (laughs) I don't even know. There's just no words. I don't even know. There are no words. I've tried to use words. You would think the words might come to you in the darkness as you do nothing for, you know, 72 hours or whatever it is. But no, she's lost her words and she's spelling Amy A-Y-M-E-E. Perfect for a darkness retreat. Here's another one. How about uh, Soma? Another perfect name for a darkness retreat. What does Soma have to say about the sky cave? Even though there's darkness, there's like these kind of strands of light I felt piercing into me and that you know that has it happened somewhat visually somewhat energetically yeah there's a there's a peacefulness to it it felt almost like a womb like like I can I can feel myself on the precipice of coming back into the light and I'm a little scared dude you gotta be kidding me <laughs> why is he whispering what I'm realizing now is that we probably should have set that up as we have exclusive audio of Aaron Rodgers yeah. coming em- emerging from his cave. Do you think he'll film one of these for them? <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll do that later in the show. If you're listening now and you plan to be listening at like, I don't know, nine o'clock or so, I'm going to do that. So I'm just I'm going to tell you now, most of the audience is going to be different. So I'm going to try that out and sort of see how that works. Nice. Regardless. Um, yeah, so that that is uh, the Sky Cave Darkness Retreat that Mora found online. Well, I started Guess looking what? up darkness retreats when he brought it up on Pat McAfee because I was right. curious as to what they were. So this has but sort yeah, of been your go-to darkness retreat Italy, ever since. There's one in Guatemala. There's one in Colorado. And for some reason, this one in Ashland, Oregon mm. uh, was where I ended up clicking. It, it maybe looks 
fanciest of some of them. Yeah. Um, and? and uh, yeah, Pro Football Talk posted this morning that it was the owner of the Sky Cave Darkness Retreats in Ashland, Oregon, that told them that Aaron Rodgers has emerged. Now, a couple of questions there. First of all, there's no like doctor patient confidentiality there. The head of the darkness retreat can just talk about his clients <laughs> emerging from the darkness. It feels so like that's something that, that should okay. be kept private, unless, of course, you're trying to advertise your darkness retreat. Well, Aaron Rodgers was convinced on Pat McAfee last week when he was so mad at Ian Rappaport yeah. and Adam Schefter for messing up the dates of his darkness yeah. retreat and reporting false information that no one in his inner well, circle What's he going to say to this guy No then? one in his circle would ever talk to them. Right. Well, what's so, he going to say to, to, to you know, this dude? Maybe he gave him permission. Maybe, or maybe this guy's, you know, crossed Aaron Rodgers. He's <laughs> never going to come back to his darkness retreat ever again. Well, anyway, so while he was there at uh, Sky Cave, he, he, is that what he's called? Did I get that right? Yeah, Sky Caves. When he came out of Sky Caves, maybe one of those beams of light that was sort of womb-like gave him a sense of what direction he wants to go. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in, I don't want to feel like I'm in a womb. Yeah, um, Is that I, a good thing? Not if you're claustrophobic. Yeah, me too. And maybe I guess it depends on the size of the womb. Right. I mean, like if there's like some growth restriction going on. No. Who wants to be in there? You can't not enough space. I don't like spaces. No, I mean. me neither. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Partic- well, that's why people buy those stupid weighted blankets like Heather has. Mm-hmm. They're trying to feel more womb like, I guess. Well, anyway, as the the womb like scenario spoke to him, uh, it sounds like he may have emerged like the pope with the with the with the smoke. And uh, he's got a decision of some sort, at least according to Jeff Darlington is a conversation I had with a very important Green Bay Packers source who quite honestly believes that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers and that all of this is being overhyped. He looks at the contract that Aaron Rodgers signed last year, the commitment that he gave to the team, and believes that at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers. Get out of here. If that's true, what is it about this franchise that their quarterbacks feel the need to make everything so dramatic every offseason? If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets or goes to the Raiders or wherever else, okay, I get it. It won't really change much of my opinion on Aaron Rodgers, which is not high. Anybody who's listened to this show for five minutes knows I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers guy, and it's not because he beat the Seahawks, and it's not even because of the quacky stuff he says. I think Aaron Rodgers is a joke because he quit on his team in the NFC Championship game early. Quit on them against the Niners a few years ago. I forget what year it was, uh, but he quit. He quit on his team. It was the year the, the Chiefs beat the Niners in the Super Bowl. You can see it. He did the exact same thing that Cam Newton got crushed for in the Super Bowl. There was a fumble. It was right in front of him. And he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not diving on that. I'm not going to risk injury jumping into that pile. Not in the, oh, wait, NFC championship game. The one thing I will give him is that he's broken two collarbones. That's fine. Broken his collarbone twice. It's the NFC championship game. He quit. (laughs) He was done. They were down by a few touchdowns in the first half. And he was like, yeah, I'm good. And that offseason, the Packers decided for the first time to figure out what else they could do because, you know, their guy had quit on them in the biggest game of the year. So they drafted Jordan Love and he freaked out and we've gone through the Brett Favre style drama for the last few years ever since. Okay, fine. If he wanted to go to another team, I get it. It's time to move on. But if you pulled all this monkey business, all this look at me garbage just to come back and stay with the Packers. Get out of town, man. They shouldn't take him back. They should say no. 
There's probably no way for them to do that contractually because he's had them by the shorters for so long. But he should just say no. They should say no. <laughs> no, we don't want you back. No, we don't need this. We get, take your celebrity retreat. Take making the coaching staff wait outside your house in Malibu so that say, you can you hang out that with story your from last year. Yes, it's ridiculous. He was laughing about like basically making the making them stake out his driveway for hours to talk to him. Get rid of them. Just say no to Aaron Rodgers. So silly. And and they're allowing him to just hold them hostage, whatever. And you know what? It's not my problem. The Packers can, you know, do whatever they need to. I don't need to be a part of it, but I'm certainly happy to laugh. And you've got talent as a quarterback. There's a lot of things you can push. We, we're getting some text. Uh, Harris in Spokane says, I don't think dark wizards have to abide by confidentiality <laughs> constraints. Makes sense. Um, then the 425 says, there is no darkness retreat non-disclosure agreement when the legal terms used are kind of like <laughs> and spiritually and energetically. It's like you're in the darkness, right. which also part of the darkness. Uh-huh, all at and once. it's like infinite it's like so expansive it's like space everything wow i I don't even know i i I, there's just no words (laughs) i gotta go ahead you know i gotta tell you listening to amy there she doesn't sound like the brightest bulb in the world i don't (laughs) i don't want to make judgments but it sounds like maybe words fail her often like maybe speaking through and, and thinking through things is not necessarily her strength in life but for whatever reason they chose that that's on their website that's not like on some trip advisor, like, hey, you're getting the real story here. That's on their website. That's an actual advertisement yeah, for the place. Her uh, her lack of ability to find all these like fluffy words <laughs> actually makes her more relatable to me than the other guy you played. Like I could have a conversation with Amy. Pictures I don't know of these what people? to say to the guy. Even so though much. there's darkness, there's like these kind of mm. strands of light. Mm-hmm. I felt piercing into me. And that, you know, the has it. Does that hurt, by the way? When you feel the strands of light piercing into you, that sounds painful. Happens somewhat visually, uh-huh. somewhat energetically. Oh my gosh, energetic. Yeah, there's a there's a peacefulness to it. It felt almost like uh, womb-like. Oh my gosh. Like, it felt almost womb-like. By the way, he was still wearing. They have like a black like a blackout eye mask. Oh, in case it's not he, dark he enough. Was sitting outside while he was being interviewed with that on. Everybody else had like <laughs> taken that off. So Soma was hardcore. He's still wearing his darkness mask. <laughs> He's like, no, man, this is actually so good. Kind of thinking about, like, choosing blindness for myself moving forward. I feel myself on the precipice of coming back into the light. And gosh. A little scared. Yeah, but I loved it. What can I tell you? All right, so so what does this do around the NFL? I got some other sound here. I got some good stuff. Because the Jets, obviously, have been trying to figure this out. I mean, they've been courting Aaron Rodgers from afar. Hard to do in the city of lights. I mean, like, New York is bright. I guess that's Paris. But New York is, is the city that never sleeps and as bright as it is. You're going you're gonna to woo the guy from the darkness nice, retreat? Nice segue. I know. I screwed that one up. All right. Anyway, here's Robert Griffin the third saying that they're in trouble now because they've been trying to get Rodgers and they're trying to mess around with Derek Carr at the same time. They're trying to date two girls at the same time right now. Okay? They had a nice weekend getaway with Derek Carr. They told him all these great things about him. But all the while, they're waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come out of hibernation to see if he's ready to take their relationship to the next level. Now, for me, I absolutely hate that for Derek Carr because you never want to feel like 
like you're an option in a relationship. You want to be the one. You want them to commit fully to you. So for me, the, the ceiling is higher for the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. But the bottom line is the lifespan of that relationship is shorter than Danny DeVito. <laughs> Robert Griffin III is pretty good at this. That's sort of the G. Scott approach, by the way. Let's just turn this all into a relationship uh, metaphor (laughs) and go from there. But I kind of get what he's saying. And by the way, if it is a dating metaphor, the Jets are saying all kinds of stuff to convince Derek Carr that they really like, like really like him. They're, like they're uh, like the high uh, school boyfriend who's trying to like get you in bed. What do they call it? Uh, you brought up gaslighting earlier. We use all these uh, like therapy terms, love bombing, love, love bombing. bombing? Is when you're what does that mean? To, like reel someone in, in the beginning of a relationship, oh. like a narcissist tactic. Oh so really? So like you say, I love you in order to, to him that are uh, just buttering him up, but they're not true. They told him, listen to this, listen to this reportedly. They told him, that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Not Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. Derek Carr. Just straight up lying. I mean, I know guys can say some things in the you know heat of the moment on a date or whatever. They told Derek Well, I think Carr. they used the word could, but even then it's like the dude would need to somehow win two Super Bowls. <laughs> what are you talking about? What, what age? Like to catch up and actually be a first ballot? He's first 31. ballot? Man, Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. He's no first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot? Nothing on Derek Carr's resume now Nothing would put in- him in the Hall of Fame. Not even first Don't you ballot. have to be one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the game so at some point? even if you're saying we think you could be a first ballot Get Hall of Famer, he'd have a lot of work to do. All right, so that's the situation the Jets are in. They're trying to date two girls at once, and it doesn't sound like it's working all that well. Uh, and then they're not. that's not the only drama. Quarterback drama is all over the league. Apparently, it's so much that nobody's even bothering to talk about what's happening here in Seattle. But we can go to uh, Baltimore, where back to Jeff Darlington, he says there's going to be plenty of drama to come between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. With Lamar Jackson, you know, I think there is going to be a lot of drama in the coming weeks if not months, if they put the, especially if they put the non-exclusive tag on him. Ultimately, whatever tag they put on him, all the talk that we have about the different tags and what it means, the end goal here is still to get Lamar on a long-term deal. Yeah, but if they're creating more drama, will that help that or hurt that? Do you get the sense that Lamar is going to end up in Baltimore or not? Well, yeah, because I think if they have to, they'll just... They'll just tag him and let him be angry on it. But nobody likes their quarterback on a franchise tag because of the huge cap hit that comes with that. And do you? And you saw what I mean, he looked the, like while he was angry last year. At the end of the year, the he was like, "Yeah, used I'm it with good." Kirk Cousins as like a tool for a couple they did, of but years. Cousins sort of embraced it. He was like, "Yeah, all right, cool, let's do it. I'm happy to make big money." And the Commanders are a terribly run organization, sure. which we've established in any number of ways. So trying to imitate them doesn't sound like a great plan for the Ravens, who are generally known as a pretty well run organization so i'm sure he doesn't want the franchise tag and they don't really want to use it either at least into the season so i don't know i don't know what ends up happening there i could be convinced though that he ends up somewhere else next year i i don't know i will see i I mean maybe i'm kind of a sucker for stuff like that i i like movement i like action so it's easy for me to say yeah no aaron Rodgers is gonna go somewhere and you know lamar jackson's gonna go somewhere and it used to be that that stuff would never happen 
But now, in this day and age, Derek Carr is going to go somewhere else, and Russell Wilson is somewhere else. And Kirk, like, it's starting to happen more often that guys end up moving on from one team and finding themselves somewhere else. Yeah, so. I just don't think, I think the Ravens are going to do everything they can for that not to happen unless they get a huge haul. But you talked about the Commanders being a poorly run organization. The Browns are another one that they they kind of created this whole thing where, like, owners are trying to say, that fully guaranteed contract he got is not the norm. That's We're not doing that. They're right, trying a, to draw a line in the sand. It's a bad deal. And Lamar Jackson is like, well, it happened. Yeah, and, and I, I, and I, I think he, that's not a good enough <laughs> argument. And if I'm the Ravens, I say, yeah, okay. It's not working. Why do you why do you want our team to, to follow the lead of a team that's doing it the wrong way and it's backfiring on them? Well, as far as quarterback contracts it has kind of gone that way so far but, but not with the guarantee not, not fully guarantee no, that that is that will never happen that's where again we're gonna see who that wins will this battle never. i think the owners are digging in their heels enough and usually when they do they it will never happen again it will never happen again they'll throw the guy out of the league the owner of the ravens what's that guy that crib what's it is, oh no that's the browns guy who's a criminal who owns the ravens is it still uh, the modell family scotty Oh, okay. In any event, they're never going to do that. Trust me. That will never, ever happen. So, um, yeah, I don't know where Lamar ends up. I don't, and I don't know. Maybe he'll end, I mean, at least for this year, I guess the odds would still be that he ends up staying there. Uh, but I like the idea of Lamar Jackson going to to a darkness retreat to try to figure that out. Like, can you imagine that? Like, it's funny with Aaron Rodgers, but I think it's funnier to imagine, like, I don't know. <laughs> the idea of Lamar Jackson in complete <laughs> darkness for three or four days trying to figure out whether or not he wants to accept a deal, long-term deal to stay in Baltimore. All right. Uh, let me see. Oh, I got one more. I got Trey Lance as well. Here's a mess. Here's Keyshawn Johnson who says the Niners have decided to screw up their season next year. You saw Trey Lance make a handful of throws that made you say, okay, he's got some talent. No, I didn't. They know what to do with him. Kyle Shanahan knows what to do with him. Brock no, Purdy no, was I don't believe that. Quarterback a year ago, Brock Purdy wouldn't even stepped on the field. Great story. I love the story. Oh, he won six in a row. Oh, he's going to win seven. Oh, he's going to possibly take them to the Super Bowl. I don't believe that Trey Lance is in the fight of his life to start for the San Francisco 49ers if he stays healthy. He takes care of business at OTAs, minicamp, and training camp. He'll be the starter come September. I could almost bet my right arm on that one. Great. Seahawks fans rejoice. Trey Lance stinks. He he has been terrible. I have not seen the throws that Keyshawn's talking about there. I've seen a guy that cannot hit the broadside of a barn. He can run. And we saw what it looks like when the Niners try to run an offense without a guy who can throw. Uh, it was It was completely impotent in every way. I'm sorry, man. Trey Lance is not good. They screwed that one up. I don't know how else to say it. They screwed that one up. That guy's not good. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's not accurate enough. He's not a good enough thrower of the football to be a solid NFL player. And as it turns out, Brock Purdy could do just enough to make that offense run. Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not, you know, the second coming, could do enough to make that option offense function. Trey Lance can't do that. Unless they really want to commit to some sort of a big-time option running offense constantly with him and Christian McCaffrey and Debo. And I guess you could do that and try to, you know, look like Georgia Tech did for the last 20 years. 
But I don't I don't think that's what they're going to want to do. I think they're going to find somebody else to be their quarterback because I think they screwed it up with Trey Lance. I don't know who it's going to be because Brock Purdy's probably going to need surgery that's going to be a problem for him into the season. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not going back there. If so they, I don't know what they do. If they do that, this is going to be one of the most insane oh, like, yeah. attempts at finding a quarterback we've ever – because they bring Garoppolo over from New England – overpay him for yep. like the little bit of what they saw and then you know he ends up hurt for most of the first two years but and then they finally decide that they've had enough of him and draft Trey Lance that doesn't work out didn't just draft him whoa, 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 hold on hold on year. didn't just draft him well, traded, traded yeah. multiple first round picks to get him yeah and then it was like a done deal that Jimmy was going to be gone last year they decide to keep him he gets hurt, and then Trey Lance gets hurt, and we get this Brock Purdy guy. But whole and yet right, he's actually pretty good. And yet, and now he's probably not an option for them next year. I know they're trying to sell that he's going to be okay after this surgery, but all these setbacks we're hearing get about sound here. just and yet, no, not good. Despite all of that saga that you just laid out perfectly, the Niners are going to be a legit contender next year. They are because the rest of that of that uh, of that roster is so good, and I think that's what makes you think that you might be able to just roll with Drew Locke. But it's at least a conversation. Shanahan is a pretty good coach, and they do have a very good defense. Very good coach, and 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 that's how they built it. I get it. I don't know. It, it should at least be something for us to think about. I got a note here from the 425. Hey, Salk, I also just got back from my darkness retreat. It was just me in my bathroom with the light off. Cost me nothing. So that seems much easier. If you can get into an interior room in your house, you don't need to go hang out with Amy or Soma. By the way, I read the name Soma. I got to admit, I thought that that, I mean, I don't know the name Soma as a name. I know the Smashing Pumpkins song. I think that's about, but but like, I assumed Soma would be a female name. No? Just my I've guess. I, I mean, I don't know why I thought that. But. Even though there's darkness, there's right. like these kind of strands of light. I felt piercing into I would, me. I would assume, well, I just Googled it and a women's bra line came up, but um, I yeah. Googled the origin of the name. I would assume he maybe changed to that. It does say is a girl's name of Indian origin that means moon or lunar nectar. Right. Yeah, that's. I thought it had something like to do with the moon. And that, you know, that has it happened somewhat visually. So you think he went with some sort of a moon style name because of the night and the darkness and all that? Somewhat sure. energetically. Right, energetically. Yeah, there's a... There's a peacefulness to it. It felt almost like uh, womb-like. <laughs> like I can, I can feel myself on the precipice of coming back into the light. And I'm a little scared. A little, just a little, just a little scared. I mean, ultimately he was able to persevere, but uh, poor Soma was feeling just a little bit of fear going through things. All right, uh, that's enough. That's enough quarterback talk. These guys are all quacks. They're all, they're all just getting nutsier by the day. Don't pay any of them. They're all getting crazy like Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of nuts, have you seen the list of people the Broncos are interviewing for the defensive coordinator position? Yes, it's like, tw- uh, and then Rex they're fighting. Ryan and Matt Patricia. Did you see they're fighting with the media? So Sean Payton, oh, I totally forgot to bring this up. Oh, man. You know, what? I'll get to this because Sean Payton is fighting with DMAC and some of the guys in Denver. <laughs> and he's taken to social media to do it, even after saying that he didn't want the guys on social media. Oh, my God. What a complete mess it already is in Denver with Sean Payton. All right. I promise I'll get to that this morning. And uh, I think I have my own new slogan for the Mariners 2023 season. So I'll reveal that next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.